Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 217. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, hey, sir. That's me. I finished my beer and you I'm... did? You're out? At least you have water. I guess. I mean, beer is sort of made of water, but just some fermented other stuff. It's fermented water. You have cheese curds? We do? Oh, no. My, my beer and everything <laughs> is blowing away. Everything's terrible. Um, I'm still <laughs> drinking a Dasani because I'm still on the month of dryness. However, before we start in on topics, I want to quickly touch on our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash carbitrage on this customized website you will find two open-ended levels of support for content consumers like you to support content producers like us head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage to pick up your koozie get added to our discord and start submitting topics i have a new year scott was very kindly as one of our patreon patrons uh, yes able to get you another beer so anyway literally, quite literally buy me a beer thank you scott you're a hero <laughs> You're a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, Anyway. That's what I needed. First topic. I want to briefly go back to last year when we did our first auto show invitational podcast at the convention center. Yes. From Truck Country. Mm-hmm. Where we were put amongst a bunch of lifted trucks and CUVs that we're not actually a huge fan they, of. They, uh, they, they never listened to this podcast prior to putting <laughs> us there. I'm pretty, it was very, very clear. It, that or they don't like trucks on <laughs> it. could be that. Maybe they, they wanted us to be there to try to like yeah, take so them down a peg. Urge them along. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I mainly wanted to get back to that because remember we were covering the Geneva Auto Show at the time. This was kind of right on the heels mm-hmm. of the pandemic starting. And we saw tons of images from Geneva of all these half-built manufacturer displays, no vehicles, shipping containers outside not opened yet, no lights. They literally quit it halfway through. It was like a dystopian future. And I just kind of wanted to get your view of like what has, you know, May of 2020 to May of 2021 been like in the car show culture, not just the Minneapolis Auto Show, but global it was a barren wasteland with like, like these like attempts at car shows. These these like, like the, they're like, I want to say. I think you got seven likes to, in there so far. I'm just trying to think of the words I want to <laughs> use for this, but there were these like gasps for like air. Like, trying to attempt and go, no, no, I'm, I'm, we're going to have a car show. It's like, no, you're not. We're going to be safe. We're going to do we're, it right. We're going to do this right. It's like, you're not going to. No gonna, turnout. Yeah. <laughs> or it's no turnout. It doesn't happen. Or it's a super spreader. That's what it was. So after the March of 2020 show, we were, like, the last weekend yeah. of the auto show last it year. It actually ended the day after us. The drive cartel got canceled. What was the last car show you went to in the spring of 2020? Did you I, go to anything? No, after I didn't that? go to anything after that. I, I kind of think I didn't either because I think the I, what I did was a bunch of my friends, not a bunch, like a handful, like six, six to twelve. Um, it sounds like a toddler clothing yeah. month. <laughs> yeah, it was like a handful of my friends get together at the Wendy's in Bloomington, um, and we just call it the stinky nugget mate because it's the best way to describe our cars because you get the. Nuggets and our cars are all just kind of stinky. Well, you don't know what they are. They aren't good cars. They're they're bad cars. They're very arbitragey cars. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, like Gunch, the guy that puts it all together. He has like a '65 Mercury, not a Marauder, but it's just a normal Mercury sure. Montclair. I think is what it is. <laughs> a very cool car, but it's like one of those cars where it's like it's a year off from being good for back to the sure. 50s and it's totally not a muscle car it's a just 65. a forgotten car yeah it's literally it's a 65 <laughs> it's just a giant. like it's a year off from greatness 
and it's like the wrong trim level, but it's got the right engine. So it's like, it's what we like, where it's just sure. like interesting cars that are, and like all of my friends in that like friend group do that. So like Josh and Anna have their S10 mm-hmm. with like 700 billion horsepower. Doesn't Josh also have like an El Camino now? Yeah, or something El like Camino that? he's putting out. I think it's kind of cool. Into. Uh, I, it's will be the second one of my friends who I beat their car when it was really slow in a street <laughs> race and is now much faster than I will ever be. I remember the S10 from 10 years ago, and that was not a fast car, and no, now it it's got welds it's very, on it and slicks, and it's tubbed. Fast, and, yeah. Um, now, Jack has a uh, 1.8T swapped uh, Mark One Jetta Coupe. That's kind of cool. Um, there's another fellow that comes down from, or comes up from... Uh, uh, South Dakota, and he has a Mercedes V12 swapped Grand National. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, the white one. That Doesn't he have cards cool. on it's, that it's, thing? It's, not, a, it's not Grand National. I'm sorry. It's a Buick. It's like a T-type. It's a, it's a regal T-type, T-type I think. Yeah. It's just not black. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But um, how dare you bring it up? I mean, the, it's just the the <laughs> Grand National is a color code, pretty much. And like, if you had GNX, you get an intercooler. Well, GNX is what you want. The normal Grand Nationals are not, not that much different than a T-type. But um, but they didn't need the turbo rocket fuel like the old '65 Oldsmobile. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, this one is now a V12 out of a Mercedes like S600 yep. with like twin turbos on five, it. It's five really twin turbo. It's really really rad. So it's a cool car. I, I couldn't believe the first time I saw that on like Japlopnik that it was a local car. Yeah, and so it's um, very well built. And, and, yeah, his name is Greg, and uh, yeah. So we have um, a lot of my friends just like come by. And Miguel brings by his like. Toyota Previa, they turn into a pickup and like makes it into a drift truck. And so, like, all, my friends, like, it, it was one of those things where it was entirely just because of the quality of my friend group's like weird builds. But I had a really good 2020 as far as car shows go because mm-hmm. I didn't go to car shows. I didn't have a bunch of people bothering me, asking me questions I didn't want to answer. And then when I finally went to a real car show, when I went to uh, Cars and Crafts, um, yeah, they renamed it. We gotta talk to them. Yeah, about now it. it's pluralized again. They keep like going back and forth if it's gonna be plural or not. I see Scott looking at the speaker. It will but feedback if I it, turn it up anymore. Yeah, this is as loud as it gets. But um, when I went to Cars and Crafts, I didn't bring my camera because it was kind of nice going to a car show and not being recognized. Like, yeah, that was really really nice. Just going to a car show and being. A so person. how many people came to the Stinky Nugget meets? I think the most I've ever seen is like twenty people. Okay. It's yeah. nice that it was a small uh, caliber some, event. Yeah, it was just like buddies that we know. We don't tell people. We have like a group chat, and we're like, hey, we're going to go to Wendy's. And like, okay, cool. I'll, just, I'll see you there. So Cool. Uh, it's it's a little bit unfortunate, but, I mean, at the same time, it took us way longer than it probably should have even to shut down in the first place. I mean, there probably shouldn't have even been an auto show I'm, in 2020. Yeah, yeah, I would not have recommended. <laughs> I was very, very sketched out going to the auto show well, last year. But it, this year, I'm fine. We're outside. It's nice. I've got another beer that was bought. Brought to me by Patron Scott. Thank you. So I'm happy. Pa- Patreon I'm good. Saint. Yeah, I got my vaccines. Me too. I'm so, glad you got your second stab finally. That's actually how we're able to broadcast is from my 5G. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's... The, the internet was broken when, here, so... When we said we fixed the internet, we literally just used our vaccines to power this podcast. It's like <laughs> those two wonder twins swords that merge together and twist together. That's a 5G tower. That's <laughs> yeah, what that's, we're broadcasting. That's, it. that's how it works. All right, fair enough. Um, well, I unfortunately put two topics in a row for myself, but this one is a Patreon topic, so hopefully you'll chime in with all no, of No, I totally your... will. I saw this. I was going to put something in about, <laughs> I don't know, slabs or something, because I've been on a big slab kick. But um, I, I Is just... that why you're wearing that shirt today? Yeah. I bought a shirt from Boys and Slabs. They used to count my spokes. Now they count my inches. Yeah, and it's not like a car on, like, 30-inch <laughs> wheels. It's a car with, like, 
some like 16 inch long gorilla arms that just strikes me as like the h2oi where they're starting to take protractors out and measure camber pretty much it's like that and so like everybody's like really mad about it and um well there's definitely like a racial element to that so actually what happened we should sorry we should talk about this because it's actually a thing that happened was the boys and slabs galveston beach beach party mm-hmm. where they drove there and then the police they didn't even get out of their cars and police just started arresting people that's ridiculous yeah, it was totally ridiculous it was like in in it's mostly an african-american like style or slabs is there i assume it's profiling but is there anything actually illegal about running a giant set of uh, spinners what they're like doing that? actually here is you're measuring to see if the spokes on the wheels on this cadillac are wider than the mirrors on the car Hmm. And that's that's the law in Texas is your spokes cannot be wider than your mirrors. And so actually a bunch of the guys are like, oh, that's the rule? Can you run tow mirrors then? That's exactly what they bought. Oh There's a God. bunch of dudes now with like 90s Cadillacs with like 20-inch wide wheels <laughs> that are running tow mirrors. <laughs> They're getting around the, the rule. Uh, yeah, uh, Scott keeps that. messing with the speaker. I'm turning it back down. So, um but yeah, so uh, that's where this came from. And then it turns out there was a similar event that happened. It was with a Jeep club, and they uh, all got uh, large tickets. And you don't stuff talk into the, the top of these. You talk into the face. So I'm going to be – we have this little gremlin that keeps messing with our microphones and stuff. It's fine. You do need to get closer, but you got to talk toward the front of it where the green light is. Well, it, I had it angled towards me, yeah, and, then I, and then I had a little gremlin that moved it. So now I just need to move things constantly. Uh, anyway, while we get onto that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. All right, so two strokes. I want to talk briefly about cars that use them. So first thing, what comes to your mind? Moscovich. Okay, that's actually not on my list. <laughs> Although something very similar. I had a Trabant on there. That's close. That's Russian. It's, it's, so, well, it's actually East German. I was going to say, yeah, it's West German or it's, East German? It's, it's made by communism. It is. And then we have cars some, are great. The Subaru 360, which I had one of. Not. Not a great car. The Saab 92. No, great car, not communist. Different thing. Oh. Well, mine was terrible, but it was also like Yours crushed. is horrific, but they are quite good cars. Um, they're really cool. Plus, I they, do like... They also made the Young S and the Young SS, and the Young SS was the Bingo. first Japanese car to have 100 horsepower per liter. Yeah, I do. Remember, we actually covered that, and it has a really cool paint scheme too. Yeah, it's 36 horsepower on like a three-inch wide wheel. Like, you, if you ever wanted to make 36 horsepower terrifying, just put it in that. <laughs> well, and it's still making like angry scooter noises at the same yeah, time. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a real car. No, it sounds like two-cylinder, 356 cc two-stroke engine. And it was like up, up, like objectively quick. Yeah. That's what it was. Like, oh, it wasn't, they weigh nothing. Yeah, they don't weigh anything. So you 36 horsepower is like a big deal. Yeah. So like back in the, the 60s when they were doing that, these Subaru 360 Young SSs on a tight mountain road like blow the doors off Alfa Romeos and stuff. And well, so like... Alfas probably weren't running at that time. But I mean like it, it, other cars that they'd be racing against like Triumphs and stuff like that. And it's all about just, power to race. Yeah, it literally is. So like uh, I guess I, I, like... Datsun Fairlady Roadsters were around the same time as the Subaru 360 Young SS. But yeah, it made angry go-kart noises and was like, like objectively really fast. 
Well, I can't even say slow car fast. I mean, no. that, that car makes me think of slow car fast just because yeah. you look at it and it's this you it technically looks, a It looks like a ladybug. It's called a ladybug. So If you were relatively uh, healthy, you could pick the front of it up off the ground yeah. via the bumper. Yes, you could. So Easily. It's, it's just, I mean, putting that much power in a car that weighs the same as a hefty shopping cart from Costco. No, it was literally the 1960s Subaru equivalent of doing like a Hellcat. Oh, okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, it's what it was. It was a 1960s Japanese Hellcat, where just, like, it was terrifying the amount of power it had. Um, but so, I, did the Subaru 360 have the same issue that the Saab 92 did as a two-stroke car, where if it was, if you're going down a hill, let's say, and it's mm-hmm. not actually injecting oil into the crankcase, it'll seize up the engine on the overall? because the Saab 92 had a freewheeling engine. Okay. So it could decouple the engine from the transmission. It's kind of like pushing in the clutch. Oh, so it's like but coasting it, almost. But it retained the same RPM without any load. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Really weird. But um, I was going to say, I knew that that was an issue with the Saab, but I wasn't sure if other companies had dealt no, with just that Saab or how they... Okay. So um, Japan actually in the 60s had a bunch of, like a ton of two-stroke cars that were like really, really wild. So while Subaru 360 had the Young SS, there was a Dahatsu, this twi- which eventually was bought by Toyota. Okay. Um they're kind of like the leaders of K cars. They had the Fellow Max, which is called the Fellow, but then they had Max for maximum power. <laughs> oh my God. What a terrible name. <laughs> um, but was that before the era of decals? Or were there decals on the door? No, there were badges that said that everywhere. Oh, okay. There were chrome badges all of them, festooning the car. But um, <laughs> yeah, that also had 36 horsepower. It weighed a little bit more, but it was also a four cylinder two stroke. Oh, nice. It was really weird. It probably sounded cool. It sounded cool as hell. Did it have a merged exhaust? Because a lot of what actually what I want to talk about on two-stroke is the reason why they almost all in any application sound like a glorified chainsaw is because you have to have a scavenging exhaust resonator. And yes, they did. They had a scavenging exhaust resonator on it, which is like how it made power. It was hilarious because I like chrome line cylinder bores and yep. dual uh, quad carbs and scavenging exhaust. It was totally <laughs> bananas. And it was in this like grandma car and it looked like a normal hatchback. Like, they didn't do any body work on it. They just had, like, they wrote, like, Max next to the name. And so it looked like a totally normal car. I don't even think they put on, like, I think they even had the same wheels and the same, like, like, they had no treatment other than the fact that So this thing was a factory sleeper. Absolute sleeper. Like, Hmm. imagine, like, a 446-pack, like, Challenger. Yeah. But you just had that, and, like, you're completely normal in like, like secretary dart. spec like in a dart sedan body. yeah it's like a 446 pack in a dart sedan is how it how it reacted um but yeah that also had like 36 horsepower and totally bananas and it would blow the doors off everything it was super short wheelbase rear wheel drive i was gonna say is that rear engine as well front engine nice so yeah it was like extra sketchy I like the, the induction noise of something like that, whereas a four-cylinder two-stroke, if it was coming towards you and you got the intake honk, yeah. it would probably sound like you're in like an 80s Formula One race. Yeah. Because like, with the two power cycles yeah. versus four, I mean, the the, uh, the perceived engine RPM you get is like a doubling of a four-stroke. Yeah, it really is. It's absolutely insane sounding. Hmm. So I've heard a fellow Max, but never in person, but they do sound bananas. I will say that the Subaru... 360 Young SS, I have heard in person, and that does absolutely sound like the world's angriest slight chance. It sounds like a really, like, you know, Ricky um, Torres's Yamaha Banshee? I do not. Oh, he's, uh, he always has all these, like, super fast RX-7s, and <laughs> he bought a Yamaha Banshee and he started street racing with them. Oh, my God. Isn't and that a quad? Yeah. He okay. Was, he, 
the UGR Lambo that was in town yeah. for a long time, he beat that. <laughs> On a quad? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I remember when like, the Raptor a, 660 a, came out, and we started looking at those. I'm like, oh, my God, this thing can do 0 to 60 in like 2.5 seconds. He said, he's, he said he won't quote me numbers. He'll say it's under 10 seconds, and it is replicatable on the street. How do you launch something like that and keep it on the ground? Does it have wheelie bars? Yeah, he's got okay. one really. He's got like a ten foot long wheelie bar with one little shopping cart wheel on the back. Those don't even have differentials, do they? Uh-uh. It just it just rips. Okay, it's super fast. I mean, that sounds really it sketchy. Sounds super angry. So, does he take it up to like the Brainerd Wednesday Night Drags then? Because I mean, could you? You can't even use it on the street legally. No, he, no, he has an S10. He just has his buddy help him <laughs> lift it up, and they throw That's it off awesome. the S10. He takes it on the street, does a pass, has the S10 at the end, puts it back on the S10, and then parks it. Yeah. So what you're saying is the oil is up to temperature. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But, Interesting. Uh, yeah, so speaking of two-strokes, like, yeah, that's another, like, great two-stroke is, like, small bikes. I guess. And stuff like that. I mean, I, I keep hearing, like, in the last 25 years, everything's migrating, especially on small engines, but it's because we don't see them in cars in the 80s and 90s. The reasons why they migrated from two to four isn't because of the engines being bad. No, it's, it's mainly because of emissions, right? Really, really dirty emissions, like yeah. super dirty. Well, because well, I mean, it burns oil by yeah, nature all the time, at all times. Yeah. So I mean, that's like having a BMW N20 or an Audi 2.0 TSI, but with none of the upsides to the two-stroke. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, yeah, pretty much they're they burn oil. They're really, really, really loud. Uh, they drink fuel. That's they, true. Uh, Ricky. He goes through one tank of fuel in, like, uh, probably about an hour on his quad, and that's, like, between, like, three passes. And that's a five-gallon tank? or It's, like, a really small tank. Okay, I think it's so smaller. It smaller. I, I think it's a one-gallon, but, like, it's also, like, a, I don't know how... Is it still carbureted? Is. I imagine yeah. so. Yeah, it is. I don't even know if... You, I assume you can fuel inject yes, a... Yes, you can. Okay. You can, you can fuel inject anything you want. All it is is just changing your atomization. I suppose. But, I mean, how a two-stroke, when I think of it, you know, especially in, like, a really simple single-cylinder engine, is it, you know, you got a hole in the side of your cylinder bore, and the actual act of pulling the piston down draws in the air from the side of the block. Yes. And that's bringing in the atomized fuel and oil mixture through the crankcase. It pulls it through, and then you have a reed valve, which is, or in Subaru's case, um, it was an entire side valve. But the reed valves just take the compression, and it will eventually just push them open. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but on the Subaru 360, they had a really weird valve design where the entire cylinder wall, like in the combustion area, so after a piston goes down, yeah. would open up into oh. the exhaust path. That sounds like a lot of reciprocating mass. Th- yeah. You would think that. And it's, it's really weird how they did it, but it's like just like a super thin little valve. And since the piston's like usually in the way, it's not actually in the combustion chamber. It's just below it. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't need to have, like, it doesn't need to be super thick. It just needs to be there. But, yeah, really, really, really weird. I'd like to look at that, like, the the different implementations of especially valves on two-stroke gasoline engines. I I really wish that your 360 had, like, an engine, and I knew about it, like, at that point in time. It did have an engine. I know. I really wish that we had opened it up because you would have seen the weirdest (laughs) design you've ever seen. Like, chrome-lined cylinder bars is just, like, weird to me. I can't believe you can make compression on chrome. It's super weird. Yeah, it's really weird how they did it. Like, everything they did with that, the whole engine was just beyond weird. I wouldn't have scrapped it unless it was completely essential to do it at the time. Yeah, it's... And we didn't know what it was. Right. No. 
No, we knew what after that some was. googling. I think even you probably told me what it was. Yeah, and like I found out years later, like how cool they're. I'm like, oh man, Oops. you did totally do that. <laughs> well, it was really neat because it had rack and pinion steering, and it was like this super teeny little rack. It had a four-speed manual, yeah. and it was a four-seater that was literally the size of those like add-on child shopping carts you see at Cub. It was literally that big. Yeah. It is they're, tiny. They um surprisingly large amount of interior space though. Yeah. They're not like big. They're not comfortable. Like, when you see it, you're like, no way am I going to fit this. You get into it, you're like, okay. No, but it's like a double Isetta. It's passable. Yeah, it's it's about it. It's about double Isetta sized, yeah. So anyway, I want to talk briefly then about four-strokes, three-strokes, and other. But let's start with four-strokes. So a two-stroke, you've yeah. got induction, yes. and then you've got compression power. That's it. Yeah. Those are it's like really your two weird. combined strokes. Your piston moves up and down, and that's it. And yep. does everything there. Yeah. So. That's something that gets a lot of people. I never understood that for the longest time until I actually, like, I was actually writing an uh, article about Ricky's Yamaha. Um, and that's when I really began to, like, understand how they work properly. We probably had to do some research and figure it out. Yeah. And so I, once I did figure it out, like, I actually saw, like, oh, it's actually really cool. I wish more cars had that. Um, well, I mean, think even back to the 1930s, we didn't really talk about two-stroke diesels yet, but Detroit oh, diesel. Oh, yeah, they did have those. I mean, keep in mind, they started those in the late 20s. Yeah, I'd talk her been beside himself if we didn't mention the, the, the two-stroke Detroit diesel. I like the Detroit diesel as much as um, Tucker does. And EMD, I mean, that's the larger railroad division yeah. that became you know, General Electric. They were running two-stroke diesels until the early 2000s. And, I mean, there's a really good reason why those state as long as they I have actually heard a two-stroke diesel on a train and it's very cool a lot of them are 12 and 16 cylinder and they're it's very they very sound rad. like they're ripping because the doubling factor yeah. of a two-stroke induction cycle but those actually use valves in the cylinder head they, they used a positive displacement so roots weird. blower to shove the air fuel mixture actually just air into the the combustion chamber then they had a direct injector at the top so right before it was supposed to pre-ignite they actually shot the fuel in and then as the uh, piston's coming down, they open the valves, and that combustion pressure vents out the valves. And so, it up? No, as it's doing its power stroke, yeah. it's blowing exhaust out. It's so weird. But here's the kicker. As it's doing that, the piston is far enough down where the roots blower is shoving new air in to evacuate the exhaust from the cylinder. That's super duper weird. So two-stroke diesels, I think, are arguably even more interesting than two-stroke gas engines. That's really, really wild. But yeah. The four strokes give you way better efficiency. They give yes. you better control over your burn. They give you a lot smoother operation, and they give you the opportunity to have no exhaust back pressure because you don't need scavenging for oiling. That is true, and the, that the back pressure is something you do have to manage on a two-stroke. If you run a two-stroke with an open exhaust, you will destroy it. Yes, you will. But, um, yeah, whereas a normal car... It, doesn't matter. Your oil right. is from a pump. And well, you have a crankcase. You have a crankcase, yeah. You've got a, a, you know, a high-pressure oiling system that's handling all that. You don't need to worry about a splashing system picking up mm -hmm. oil and throwing it at your connecting rod. Yeah, so I, two, I mean, four-strokes are in pretty much just about everything in the mm -hmm. world, and they're much easier to work with. More, people understand them a little bit better because uh, it makes more sense. I know it sounds weird saying having your piston go up and down twice sounds weird. All right. But like when you start thinking about, like, all right, well, the piston comes down, pulls air in. Okay, mm -hmm. that makes sense. And it pushes <laughs> and it up. Yeah, and then it goes up to compress, <laughs> it. compress it. And that makes sense. And then you're like, okay, now it's a little bit past being at top dead center. Mm -hmm. it's, the spark ignites. Yeah. Pushes it back down. 
and then it comes back up to push it out the exhaust. Like, right. That makes sense. Well, it's it's a beauty, like you're saying, is because all four-stroke engines essentially operate in the same principle, whereas a two-stroke has so many different ways of doing that you process. Can, you can do a two-stroke way more. Way easier to explain a four-stroke engine to a layperson than a two-stroke. So that, I think, is why we, well, it's not why we see more of them, because it's because of the efficiency and the cleanliness. And there's even multiple different versions of like the four-stroke. People have adapted it over the years to do it's, the Miller cycle. I think we should also talk about the fact that you can. It's much easier to blow up a two-stroke just by operating it than it is oh, yeah. to blow up a four-stroke by operating it. When you know, blowing up a four-stroke, you really have to try. Whereas blowing up a two-stroke is just like uh, I modified it the wrong way. I'm sorry. Right. Like I, I put this pipe on it. Well, yeah. you can't do that. Or my, I jetted the carbon properly. I used the wrong oil. Yeah, I forgot to check the oil once and oh blew up. Well, you forgot to mix it? Yeah. Like, does this gas can have premix oil? I think so. Oh, I guess it didn't. No. no more engine. But I think, like, the lightweight, simplistic nature is huge for two strokes. And I, I can see why they're still kind of hanging on in the, the last bastions of, like, lawnmowers, mm -hmm. chainsaws, and weed whackers just because of that lightweight nature and how cheap they are to manufacture. You can still make a four-stroke engine lightweight and good. It's just much more difficult. Um, it's a lot more expensive. So uh, when Subaru 360 and Datsu were making the Velomax, um Which, again, is a great name. Yeah. The Mazda at the same time was coming around, and they actually had the first four-stroke uh, internal combustion engine ever made in Japan with the Mazda R360, which is the little three-cylinder, or not three-cylinder, three-seater, Rear engine uh, V twin, uh, four stroke. Have engine. I seen this? I uh, maybe they. Uh, I said it's called an R three sixty. Yeah, R three sixty. They're possibly the cutest car I've ever been made. I don't know. I've seen that uh, prototype electric. I said a thing. Oh no! This one just knocks its socks off. Um, I'm not even gonna try because my iPad. I'm gonna show it to you just so you can see it here. <laughs> but it it is really one of the cutest cars in the world, and also had a racing pedigree. And that was a four-stroke? Yeah, it was a four-stroke. That thing has a lot of 360 going for it. Mm -hmm. I like it. It's really, really, really it's cute. It's got yeah, it's um, 360 cc. So, What was that uh, Ford Anglia? It's got like an Anglia rear glass. Yeah, it kind of like that, yeah. But it um, had, let's see here, this one only had 16 horsepower and 16 pound-feet of torque. That's all you need. But you also have to think of the Super Young SS, like that was the like Evo version of it, like the right. super high trim level. The normal Super Three Hundred and Sixty had fourteen horsepower. Well, you're talking about like an eleven or twelve hundred pound car. Sixteen horsepower is genuinely high enough. Mean, There's no eight, roads. It's an eight hundred pound car. That's it. Yeah, fair enough. It had three seats in it, and it was made mostly of fiberglass. <laughs> uh, but very rad car. Uh, four speed manual, two speed automatic. Those were your options. Was it air cooled or liquid cooled? It was air cooled. So that's something I don't see a lot in the, the early days yeah, of four-stroke engine. engines. A, I mean, Porsche and Volkswagen really ran with it. Air-cooled V-twin right there. I see that. That's I see the shroud. Very cool-sounding car. You don't see a lot of liquid-cooled two-strokes. Like, can you think of a liquid-cooled two-stroke gas engine? Because the Detroit diesel two-strokes were obviously liquid-cooled. But I'm really struggling now to think of, like, a large Mosh enough Mitch. form factor. That's a liquid-cooled yeah, engine? This is as a oh, The V4. Didn't the Moscovich have a V4 engine? I think it was a three. It was a three-cylinder. What was the, uh, in the James Bond movie, that blue car? Which James Bond movie? Uh, was Goldeneye? I can't oh, remember. yeah. The Goldeneye? That was a Zastava. Zastava. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. That the was V4. Air Cold. Okay. Yeah, it was Air Cold. 
So um, the Moscovich I can't place right now, but the Moscovich it looks like a Lada, but it's got like a little bit of like a rounder face with square okay. headlights. Okay. It was um, oh, so it's more modern than I'm thinking of. Then. It's yeah, it's like 70s, 80s. Okay. Um, I'll show you what a Moscovich. So anyway, I, I remember in like 1999, my grandfather got a four-stroke weed whacker, and we were all just so confused as kids. As That's a Moscovich 412. Oh yeah, I gotcha. Good looking that car. That makes sense. It's it is a good looking car. And it has a grill for a radiator. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm 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 thinking it's got to just be complexity, and then the industry that you're in. So obviously, like a weed whacker isn't going to have emissions requirements the same way a car will. Well, also another thing, the whole point of like having the two-stroke is for lightweight. Yeah. So having a giant filling the engine full of water makes it not lightweight. Well, you don't need liquid cooling, though. I mean, that was an air-cooled, four-stroke, single-cylinder engine, and it was heavier, but I think it was just cost keeping it, you know, from really expanding uh, into other markets. Plus, you had to deal with things like oil changes, Mm -hmm. which you never had to deal with in a a regular two-stroke. I know with, like, cars like the Moscovich that went with the um, two-stroke out of simplicity for design so I could just push them out through the factory even faster. Mm-hmm. Um, it had absolutely nothing to do with anything other than that. So, uh, it, In a communist country, I can definitely understand just that it needs to be simplistic, it needs to work, and let's be honest, two-strokes are pretty reliable yeah, because they burn so much oil. And if you break them, like, they're pretty easy to fix. Like, Which is different than a rotary. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it, like break a rotary and you're like, you need to know how to work a rotary. So let's talk about that because it's actually... Not a two-stroke or a four-stroke. I was going to say, we've done a two, we've done a four, so now let's do a three. Yeah, that's a rotary. (laughs) So the rotary, um, they're something else. So basically how they work is you have this little spinning triangle thing. It looks like a Dorito. It does. And the air comes in on one side. It's a little bit more oblong with a little bit more space. It compresses itself um, along, I believe the bottom is where it compresses itself. It comes along to the other side, and there's two two spark plugs or if it's an SU probably one there's a spark plug that causes spark and spins it over again but what you get is you get basically effectively a, what you can call a two cylinder engine but since each of the cylinders have three combustion chain faces on them it's more like a six cylinder mm-hmm. so and the power reflects that too yes and that's why you see like RX-7s they have like 280 horsepower out of a 1.3 liter when like <laughs> You go, oh, this is actually a 3.9 liter. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> like, oh, how this it, makes sense now. How you measure the displacement is just, it's not compatible. Yeah, it, and so uh, that's actually why they got banned from uh, motorsport, and that's why nobody builds them anymore. It's because, <laughs> like, you just, it doesn't make sense anymore. But, yeah, like, they won Le Mans 24 hours in 1991, and with the, the single greatest sounding engine I've ever heard in my life. The 787B? Yes. That is... In, if you see the 787B uh, with the charge speed livery, that's not the a- that's not the actual one. The that's a 787A, if I'm not mistaken. The green and orange one is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's the charge speed. That, so that one that Mazda brings out, it's, it's not the A. What is it? It's a seven. Well, five, seven. It's I a seven six seven. Is no, the it's one not. That. It's a seven five seven. I think it's the one because they've what they do is the actual charge speed car is in a vault. Mm-hmm. There's another RX seven, an IMSA car that they bring out at the same time, and that has the 787B engine. Oh, interesting. So you'll hear the 787B whenever you're at, like, Monterey Car Week, and it sounds unbelievable. But then, usually a lap or two behind it, you see this Mazda RX-7, and you go, why is that sound <laughs> unbelievable? so much better? And it's literally the differences. I think, like, the 
six seven. That's the one that was at um, the Hawk in twenty fourteen. Yeah. They brought a seven six seven. So that one is a two liter. Okay. Uh, for it was a two liter four rotor. It is a four rotor. Yeah. So it's a two liter though, but the two point six liter is the one that's in the the FCRX seven M car. Oh my god. And it is absolutely unbelievable like you you've heard f1 but you've never heard anything like this the only engine i could ever say um is on par with it is the i think it's like the bsr like 1.5 liter v16 oh, supercharged one of the super early formula yeah from engines. Like that, from like, yeah from like the 1950s like it's the only engine that sounds similar it's yeah. unbelievable sounding can't say enough good all, things about you it. You just need all those combustion events. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's <laughs> and a lot of engine RPM. Yeah. It, you know, I woke up outside of turn three at Road America. It was 767 lapping, and it was like the best thing. Like, just, I can just die happy right now. Um, so anyway, the, the rotary on paper seems like it's such a simple, easy to work on thing, but you really have to know what you're doing when you work on one. Everything from, I mean, with carburetors, the, it's pretty the, simple. The rotary has sent many a company out of business because the yep a lot of people just went in going this is simple if you don't look at it if you look at it as like this is just as complex as any other gas engine you're going to get a lot more out of it other than going oh this is simple i got this if you go into it saying this is simple i got this you're going to blow it up when you design it yeah you need to treat it with some respect because it really is not what meets the eye yeah you don't want to end up like nsu or chevrolet or mercedes i mean you look or at anybody it, else like, that had a failed engine it's and made for it it's like an oval combustion or crankcase and you've got this triangle in the middle I'm like oh, how hard could it be mm-hmm. but like how you calibrate that because it's a gear driven rotor yeah like the actual crankshaft it's an offset split pin yeah, with it's got an eccentric teeth cut into it yeah. yeah and that's what actually spins and perfectly seals the uh, the rotor against the yeah. chamber and the chambers have special coating the uh the apex seals are chromium copper i had to look that up because oh. i wasn't actually sure what they were i i can't remember i don't think that's true for all of them because i know that a lot of engines have had like horrible apex seal problems i was specifically looking at the fd turbo because okay. i was curious what they did to make them survive so it's yeah it's a chromium coated copper seal yeah which makes sense because you get the really hard chrome but yeah. you get the, the soft underbelly of copper so if you smash it into something it's got some give and it won't break the case exactly but i mean talk about lightweight compact and power dense i think the rotary shares way more in common with the two-stroke yeah it does especially like as far as cool sounds go like if you want like the like the lamest sounding engine you get a four-cylinder four-stroke or a hot wet v8 yeah well not a hot wet v8 <laughs> if you get wet enough it sounds cool well yeah flathead is cool yeah, but, like, yeah, if you're talking, like, an LT1 in a pickup truck, it's just beyond boring. Or, um, like, that Mustang. Yeah, exactly. Like, just nobody cares. But, like, <laughs> there's so many other, like, cooler-sounding engines. Like, when you start thinking about it, you're like, oh, yeah, the Detroit Diesel, like, like two-stroke well, sounds awesome. You get, like, the, any rotary or stuff like that. It sounds really cool. I um, gotcha. So, but, I mean... The, the two-stroke burns oil on purpose. The rotary burns oil on purpose, not only for cooling, but to keep the seals intact. So I, I'm surprised that we got rotaries that lasted as long as they did and two-strokes that died as soon as they did in the automotive application just because they are so similar in the drawbacks. Sorry, I'm taking pictures. That's just fine. Let's see where we are. That's all good. Um, just tell her we're by Lulu's. Um... So that's the three-stroke. I want to touch on a couple other variants, and these are mainly 
variations on the four stroke and it's uh, Atkinson and Miller. So I want to start with the Miller cycle, which was in the Mazda Millennia and a couple other Mazdas, but really not that much else. And all this did to modify the four-stroke engine was essentially a cam profile change to leave the intake valves open for part of the combustion cycle. And how they were able to do that and still maintain compression was the use, mandatory use of a supercharger or a turbocharger. Let me tell you about the... That, that was the Miller cycle, I thought. That's Miller. Miller. We're all right. Yeah, we haven't gotten to Atkinson I yet. want to talk about the worst driving experience I've ever experienced. Was it a life. Mazda Millennia? Yes. Ah. How do you take a 2.5 liter V6 mm-hmm. and... With a supercharger. With a supercharger, and you make it boring? Oh, it's simple. You just make the Japanese Buick that is the Mazda Millennia. I was actually thinking about building a slab... And using a Millennia as the platform. Because I'm like, it's the same thing. Can you still get, like, a clean Millennia? Yeah, this check engine light will be on, guaranteed. Who cares? Like, there's no question that it will be on. Oh, that's the parade. That's what it is. I'm like, what the hell is going on over there? This uh, whole timing thing they've got going on here is not really ideal. I agree. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, there's no physical change you actually have to do to the bottom end of a four-stroke to get the Miller cycle. So in theory, a company could sell you a set of camshafts for a millennia and fix it. Oh, really? Yeah. And the same thing with Atkinson, but instead of modifying the compression stroke, they they leave the exhaust valves open, or sorry, they close them and they elongate the exhaust stroke. That's what it is. Uh, pardon everyone, Jana's on her way in, but she's trying to get past all of the parade traffic. Um, so anyway, the Miller cycle modifies the induction and compression cycle to try to get a little bit more efficiency by not putting as much load on the connecting rod as you're compressing the air-fuel mixture. But the Atkinson cycle that's in the Prius and the Echo and stuff like that, that is designed to do kind of the same thing on the exhaust stroke to reduce the stresses um, in, in that event. Oh my god, guys, I'm sorry, but talking over these sirens... It's hard to keep my train of thought. All right, next up, hydrogen and CNG as fuels. You'll see a lot of, um, well, forklifts for one will run on propane or CNG, which is a pressurized uh, vessel fuel system, special carburetor, which is actually a sealed, it's almost like a boost reference carburetor where everything's contained within to let it atomize fuel. Typically, if you have it in a delivery gas V8 or something like that, in a, you know, a newspaper delivery van, there will be a standalone fuel system for the propane or CNG. And then you'll have a regular fuel injector, rail, pump, and tank as well. Um, the reason why they do that is if you get caught in a rural area where there isn't a pressurized filling station for CNG or propane, you do need to be able to run on regular old fuels. So you won't see a lot of vehicles outside of forklifts or something that uh, spends its life exclusively off-road in a warehouse or something like that that has a pressurized fuel system only. Um, and then there's also using it as a power adder. Um, diesel engines benefit a lot from having propane injected into the air-fuel mixture. And what that does is it allows the diesel to atomize more efficiently, especially in the older, like, two-stroke Detroits. 
where injecting propane will actually allow the roughly 75% fuel burn to extend to the 100% that you can, you know, get to get the caloric benefit out of the fuel, turn it into, you know, linear motion, and then convert that to rotary motion. Um, those are really the biggest ways of turning liquid fuel into mechanical force. Um, that's that's kind of it. So two, three, four stroke, and then just power adders. We're not going to talk about nitrous or anything like that, but um, that's kind of the that's kind of the gist of it. I apologize. That's just fine. I just got through the end of that. So. Oh, awesome! Yeah, we have this parade, literal <clears throat> parade that's going by. Because why would they? <laughs> schedule us at the same time as a parade, but whatever. I, I think we're just going to not do this next year. Yeah, this is ridiculous. And then um, I, since Jana's on her way, I'll just quickly follow up with the, the next topic I have, and then we'll let her finish out the episode. So you you, you mentioned um, I covered CNG and everything. I did, yep. Okay. So, um, as well propane. as propane injection. Dope. And then, so, yeah, the Miller It was a great monologue. It's just, what? It was a great monologue. That's good. Thank you for <laughs> monologuing while I was taking care it's of that. It's all good. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Mazda, they are they always play with all these weird different technologies because, like, now their new 3 Series, uh, the yeah, the Mazda 3. Is that still Sky Active? Yeah, Sky And they're, like, they're, ma- they're making, I don't know what Sky Active means anymore. Mm. It means nothing. Is that, like, Earth Dreams? Yeah, it means absolutely <laughs> nothing. I have no idea. Because, like, Skyactive, like, when they first announced it was going to be, like, they had an engine they were coming out with had, like, 15.5 to 1 compression. Yeah, static it compression ran, and, like, gas. And, yeah, around, like, 87 octane. Well, not only that, but their Skyactive D, when they announced it when the Mazda 6 was supposed to yeah. come here as a diesel, yeah. they said, oh, we've made it so clean that you don't need a DPF or urea injection. Yeah, just nope. totally wild. That never happened. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, now they've just, like, they just, like, bring it in. Like, they say use the name for everything. It's like Infinity with Q. Yeah. It's just, like, means nothing it's now. It's like stapling M badges on a BMW. It just, it doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> it's like, now, now this is meaningless. But you have a good point. Mazda, we can, we've referenced them so many times in these they've weird engine every technologies. They've done every single one from the start. It's just throwing a whole bunch of darts as a handful at a board, and hopefully one sticks. Well, go, going back to when they first started, their very first car was a 360cc not two-stroke engine they're the first not two-stroke engine right and now they're making a 15 to 1 compression normal engine and then they made the rotary it, yeah like, and they do the miller cycle supercharged sedan and yeah. they did all these you know tiny V6s. miller and atkinson cycle are both them i don't what did they do that was atkinson mm, can't remember I, I always think of the prius and the echo i'm pretty sure they did atkinson cycle you're probably right I mean, it's a, it's a much more common cycle than the uh, Miller cycle. If there is a, um, if there's an, a weird engine design that exists, I can almost guarantee it's Mazda that is are the progenitors of it because the only company that's done this. And more. even if it's not, just say that it is, and it'll it'll be fine. Yeah, Mazda will accept it. Another thing that's also like really interesting about them is like they've somehow managed to do this every time, and they've made so many gambles and not gone out of business yeah you, like you do, also you do like, one mistake like that as another company and you're out of business and yeah. mazda somehow has weathered the storm every time they've weathered the storm every time like they've been owned by themselves but they are currently but like they <laughs> they bought themselves out from ford right like um but like even when like they were bought out by ford it wasn't like ford saying yeah we're gonna take you over is ford being like hey we need you to make engines for us please right help 
And honestly, <laughs> that, that venture, that joint venture was, I think, okay. I mean, that was kind of like the other than the power they, shift. They made the worst Mazda products ever during that time. Because we got the pre-Ford 626 and the Ford 626. It went from being a really great front-wheel drive mid-size sedan to being possibly one of the most boring cars I've ever seen. They in my did life. get a lot less interesting. Yeah, they did. But at the same time, like, they also... Another thing Mazda does is they always play with, like, weird displacements. Like, really weird displacements. Like 2.1 liters. Like a, <laughs> like, like a 1.6 liter... Or a 1.8 liter V6. Yep. Or, like, that. a 2.4 liter dual-cam truck engine in the 80s. Yeah. Which... Uh, not only was in Tucker's old truck, but also was in the uh, Kia Sportage, which makes that a suddenly a very desirable vehicle. They put a 2.4 in the Sportage? Something like that. It was some dumb, <laughs> big displacement. It didn't make any power. It was a huge displacement. I mean, I've seen uh, the, the displacements that confuse me the most are just the, like, the, the 2.1s, the 2.9s. Like, yeah, there's ugh. some things. That, so, like, you know, like, displacement, like, in America, I'm like, okay. I get that. Like, like, you can just make whatever you feel like. But with Mazda, it's like, you are literally in the country that made taxation based off of displacement, like, a thing. And then you just play with that so much and just make, like, weird displacements. Like, the 1.3 liter, they could have easily made that 1.5. Yeah, but they, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Like, they've <laughs> always just done weird well, things like that. why isn't that 1.5? Well, we didn't design it like that. No, you didn't design it to be this. And it's like, well, why is it not? Because well, it revs higher this way. Oh, okay. Like any other brand would have just been like, hey, let's just add the extra like, like two like CCs of displacement to just bump it over. And that's actually kind of an endearing quality of Mazda because you look at them more recently with the ND. Yeah. The rest of the world got yeah. that cool high revving 1.5. Yeah. We got like a Mazda three engine with a different head on it. Yeah. That didn't rev. But I mean, like, that's the thing is that they tried, they tried doing that like with the rest of the world to do everything they can to like keep themselves interesting. That's why. That's why if you get, like, even a Mazda CX-5, it's still a fun vehicle to drive. Cause they, yeah. Other than in, the fact that they rust, they're really good. They're yeah. fun to drive. They look pretty good. The rust is insane. My the rust mom's, is real My bad. mom's Mazda 2 is already rusting. It's really oh bad. <laughs> but I mean, the rust is just unbelievable. But I like, love how they still haven't figured that out, like, 30, 40 years later. I think they, they know what they need to do. They're just actively choosing not to at this point. Because <laughs> they're like, hey, listen, you're not buying this for it to last forever. You're buying this because you, like you like to drive it. So that's true. Like, and we could make it perfect, but then it'll be twice as expensive or heavier. And they keep selling you cars because they don't last forever. Yeah, they don't. And it's it's very frustrating because, like, yeah, my van, like, (laughs) they all rust so bad, like more than any other car I've ever seen in my life. But your van, I think, is holding up really, really well. It it is, yeah. So, but um, also, yeah. Speaking of weird Mazdas, just playing with weird stuff. Like, let's make a tiny four-cylinder minivan, give it a manual transmission, and then hope it sells. It's like when you're playing automation, and yeah. oh yeah, and you're just like you're, you're like one goal is okay. I'm, I'm gonna play campaign mode. I'm never gonna make a manu- an automatic transmission. It's like uh, okay. so. How do we sell a people mover with a manual? Yeah, hmm. you make very long gear ratios so they don't have to do it as much. I, that's still one of like the most interesting vehicles of like the 2000s. Yeah, it's my van. You know, it's, it's just really weird. And it's, of course, it's Mazda. And it's, I think like when you think of like also like just, they're just the kings of like forgotten cars because they also did the um, they did yeah the Mazda CX or in the MX3, which is the mm-hmm. 
one point cannot find one of those for the life of me anywhere in the world no we found one on a podcast listed for sale like we found one in the country yeah i found one but i i can't find like a cheap one or something no. and like, this one it like didn't even run it was like sitting in a field. yeah like this is like you can find them like from like once in a while they're impossible to find i feel like those got bad enough gas mileage where they probably qualified for cash for clunkers or I something think they got, i think they all got clunkered yeah <sighs> i really think they all got clunkered which like totally bums me out it, that's, I'm sure it wasn't a great car, but that engine is so cool. I feel like they were, because they always got like really good reviews. Were they just expensive? Why didn't they sell? It, they were in between the CRX and the uh, Volkswagen. The Volkswagen uh, Corrado accelerated faster. Okay. But the CRX outhandled it. Hmm. And so it just gets you that middle child syndrome. Okay. That makes some sense. And it's like, I've always been like head over heels for cars that have middle child syndrome, because like... <laughs> Well, they're the weird ones. His, they're always weird. And they're always great. Like That's it's the not, stuff that we walk up to at car shows. They're cars I call stinky. Like they're stinky nuggets cars. Like they're just like the middle child. Like oh, you, you didn't get the four forty six pack. You got like the. Like, or you didn't get the Hemi, you got the 446 pack. Like, that's what it, that's a sticky right. child like right. syndrome where it's like it's not the really cool one, but it's still really good. Or like, yeah, like, for instance, like, these like weird Mazdas and stuff. Like, you could literally make an entire car collection just of forgotten weird Mazdas yeah. that are totally amazing to drive. And you couldn't say that about most marks, actually, come to think of it. No, like, you, you totally can't. Because, like, if you think of like, Try to like, like go with like weird BMWs. Yeah, there's a few, but like, like they're not got, endearing. You got like the 330 uh, ZHP, the E46 yeah. ZHP, like that's one. And then you have like the 1M. I mean, it's just the cars the that kind of came out of left field. The 1M. It, but I mean, even the 1M would be more like, like that's the, more like one that's like actually legitimately good. Like people know it's good, but like the, oh, uh, like the 540 with a manual. I would say, like, in Europe, they got the 318 Ti. They did a six cylinder factory one, the 323 Ti. Yeah, see, That's an that would be car. really cool. Yeah. yeah, so, like, but, like, Mazda, like, whereas, like, like, BMW, you have to, like, try to find something that's like that. Um, there are a few, but there's not a ton, and the ones that are there are not endearing. Whereas, like, with, sorry, there's this bird that keeps yelling. Yeah. Um, but, like, <laughs> if you, um, when you have a, uh, when, when you just get, like, a Mazda, it's like, you just, you take a shot at any car, and you're going to find some weird, interesting variant. Oh, and you can go back to their almost entire history, too. It's not just one ethos or era. Yeah, it's not like you have, like, an engineer that's, like, right. been really interesting. Like It's not a Lee Iacocca no. Chrysler. It's, it's, just, it's, it's just a, it, yeah, a Mazda. It, it's, uh, like, this is, like, the DNA of the company is the company makes, like, forever very, very cool things. Um, it's, like, I, I think to, like, a lesser extent, Toyota could be said to do that. But, they, like, but they've had eras. Yeah, they've had their eras. And, like, you, like with their, like... When they're, like, in their, like, not doing great, they still make pretty cool things. But, like, um... I'm just thinking of, like, the first-gen Venza era. It's just when they weren't making anything interesting. Yeah, and, like, the Venza's, like... I have no idea why it... Well, it does have the weirdest cult following. Like, I don't get it. It's like the cross-cab. It's just really weird. But, like... And it's, like, the same market as the cross-cab, too, actually. <laughs> it's, it's, like, old ladies that just, like... You go to every cross-cabriolet like, owner's house... In the garage, there will be next to it a Venza. Yeah, and it's like the owners like always some like old lady. And it's like this is their hill they will die on. Is that this is the greatest vehicle of all Correct. time, and they'll own like <laughs> dozens of them. But yeah, like so Toyota's like they're like to a lesser extent like Mazda, whereas like Mazda like you can count on it. Like Toyota, it's like you can 
kind of half expect. If I tell you, like, there's a cool RAV4, you go, I could see it. Yeah, it's the early 90s RAV4 EV. Yeah, it will, or, or the V6. So the convertible first-gen RAV4, or, yeah, like, yeah. there's, like, a bunch the of... The two-door, five-speed convertible so RAV4. Like, you know that there's, like, some, but, like, whereas, like, Mazda, if I say, there's a cool version of the Mazda 5, you go, okay. Like, you know it. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I already knew about Mazda, it. Mazda, you're like, yeah, it's a Mazda. There's probably some, be some weirdo version. It's got like a supercharged V6 or something, or some I dumb wish. thing on God, it. that'd be super cool. Yeah, there's always, like, some dumb, weird thing on them. But, like... Yeah, like it's, I would say, like Toyota's in our brand where you can you could make you could probably make a solid car collection out of just their weirdo cars. Well, they've made so many; it makes it a lot easier. They really have, and and, and when you when you do it, like you also have like the entire history of Toyota, where they're just like doing like always really weird things that are just it just never ends. That like we're, they've had like, no, but they've had eras where they haven't done anything weird. True, but I mean, like the like when you. They'll have like they'll have an era like that, but whereas like even within that era, there's still some cool things. It's not as, you can't count on like Mazda, but if I said you need to make a car collection out of the entire history of this company, and it has to be something legitimately cool, and sure each decade, you could do it, you but you wouldn't it. have a car from one decade from Toyota. You could like it'd just be like a lot less cool. Like you'd have like a Toyota Corolla XRS, which is like fine. Right, but it's going to be the 2.4 liter version. That's meaningless. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's what you mean. Like the, well, the that two thousands. Oh, oh seven to yeah. Even whenever the GR sucked came then. Out. Yeah. So just we we're going. Yeah, to you're right. You're right on that. Okay, I'm 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 gonna drop that one. <clears throat> um, <throat> you looks like you have one more I topic do. here, and then I'm gonna let you do your three topics, and then if uh, if Jana Jana shows up in time, shortly. great. If not, we'll just do it on the next episode. But have I'm not even gonna ask. I know you're aware of this. The pipeline ransomware attack that, like, <laughs> shut off gasoline for Texas and the hilarity that's been ensuing. It's not just Texas. Oh, I know. It's all the south. It's like the, Louisiana the, and all this. Yeah. It's that whole area of the country. So Janice from Michelle, that's with her, is actually from North Carolina or South Carolina. One of the Carolinas. I don't know. She's from the Carolinas. Are you saying that the all the Carolinas are the same, the, Ryan? Yeah, they are. Like, the Wilmington one. Which one is that? Isn't that Delaware? No, not Wilmington. Maybe it's not Wilmington. Rally. Where's Rally? North Carolina. North Carolina. She's from North Carolina. Um, but yeah, and she she was like, she arrived yesterday. She calls her boyfriend. She's like, hey, are you able to get gas? Yeah, he's like, we're still in line. <laughs> I don't know how it's that regionally bad, but I'm like, again, it's like the TP. If you want a shortage, the worst thing you can do is just go senselessly go buy a ton of something. And that's bad enough, but we're not talking about approved containers being no, filled up in reasonable quantities. I've, yeah, I've literally <laughs> seen, like, Walmart plastic shopping bags to the point where there was an official tweet from some federal regulatory... The uh, Consumer Product Safety Bureau. ...saying not to put gasoline yes. in plastic bags. Yeah. So, I've seen Rubbermaid totes. I've seen five-gallon Home Depot buckets. Did you ever... Um have you ever seen the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they try to go light somebody's car on fire so they just get a 55-gallon, like, Rubbermaid, like, garbage can and they fill it full of gasoline? No. And they decide not to because they find out it's, like, a felony or something. And so they try to return it. They're like, hi, we'd like to return some gas. <laughs> I, s- I saw that thumbnail. And didn't <laughs> That's know. what it's from. And it's literally... <laughs> it was hilarious because there's a picture of a guy with a truck full of those. Get, like the exact container from It's Always Sunny. Oh my god! <laughs> and they were like, 
I made my <laughs> face like, hurt. Like two weeks later. Oh, by the way, the pipeline's back up and running again. Yeah, no, they paid the five million dollar <laughs> ransomware attack to get it back up, but like. Yeah, so it's up and running again. Now so all like, these people are going to have ethanol-laden gas that doesn't keep very well in non-certified containers. Like, the amount of vehicles that have already burned to the ground. So, you know how, um, like, in 2019, it was, like, flood cars that you're really worried oh, about? Oh, yeah. 2020 is, like, <laughs> uh, you had, like, the pandemic and everything. It's, like, 20... It's, like, 20, gasoline prohibition car. <laughs> Like, 2022 is going to be, like, like, you always have to, like, look for some weird thing, like, based off the year. Like, 2022 is the the year, like, if the car's from the south, east, you have to pull up the trunk carpeting and make sure there's a trunk floor. (laughs) Didn't all rust away from when their bag of gasoline exploded. No, it's just going to be super clean. (laughs) Because remember, it's a solvent. Just be so clean. There's going to be no paint or anything left. Oh, my God. But I'm just, like... You see this, and it's it's one of those dystopian things. Like, is this actually happening in a part? I, I, I watched one TikTok where it was a TikTok of a lady that was filling up a garbage bag, and the garbage bag began leaking while she was filling it. So she goes in her car and gets another garbage bag to put the now uh, dissolving garbage bag into the previous garbage bag. I saw somebody trying to fill a laundry hamper, like a bucket with holes in it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. One of the like, it That's looks like a physics. garbage. Yeah, I know. They were trying that's, to fill it up. And it that's was just not at out. all how physics works. This is, this is. It was at a Kroger, so you know it was Texas. Oh, it, it can, yeah. People in the South are dumb. They, I hate to say it, but bless their hearts. <laughs> and perfect timing with perfect Janet timing. coming. So we Janet's, get to talk about the Accord before we can. Yes, for we, 217. we had an Accord. I think about last time we were recording, I was actually saying how much I love the car. You actually drove the car to our late night recording. And yeah, because yeah, I was too tired. And I'm like, it's. Just Welcome, a Jana. Vehicle. And Jana's here, and she gets Hello, to tell us. Friends. She gets to tell us all about the cord here. Why don't you get closer to this mic? Yeah. I will um, rotate it towards you. Thank you. Um. First things first, they had me park on the opposite side, and the only way I got here was running into Dan Valto, being like, "Do you know where Eric and Ryan are?" And he was like, "The last over I saw them, he's over there." Well, welcome. We're glad you made it. Thank you. So. So, uh, I'm so talking about my Teacher Appreciation Week gift present. All right. Oh, I'm sweaty. Okay. Would you like some echo? echo? No. No. <laughs> we don't need any echo. I'm going to turn up that mic just a little bit. So. <clears throat> okay. So, do I just launch into what happened? I Talk towards the light bulb. Oh, I don't... I don't know what's going on here. Um, so do I just launch right in? Sure. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you just tell so us So we about know about that. the accord. Okay, we prefaced so this, it last time we recorded. Yeah. I, I haven't been with you for months, so. But what was it? Two weeks ago now was Teacher Appreciation Week, and I kicked off Teacher Appreciation Week Saturday night. The accord got stolen while we were at Cars and Crafts. Cars parked in front of our house. Yeah. Got video of it. Got video of it. And we're like, eh, what did we expect having a Honda Accord? Yeah, but this isn't like a, a B-series, like super clean manual Honda. This is an automatic CD Accord. Yes. A 95 Accord Coupe. A 95 Accord Coupe. Also a Coupe, so none of the body panels fit anything. Unfortunately, yeah. the microphone can't hear you, so I'll have to relay that. Um, but yeah, so it gets stolen, and we're like, ugh. Okay, stressful, but whatever. 
We'll find it. Monday morning, they found it. What day was it stolen? Uh, Saturday night. Okay. Found it Monday morning at 3 a.m. And they found it behind a bar. And all that was taken off of it was the radio, the catalytic converter, and my CD changer in the back. Cadillac converter. My Cadillac Who converter. Steals a CD changer in 2021. I don't. I was so bummed because that was like <laughs> the one thing I said. I was like, I'm not. I'm not gonna be upset unless That's true. That is a good ride my material. CD changer is taken. And Ryan's like, so CD changer was taken, and I was like, the only thing I really cared about in that. Did car. you have discs in it? No. No, oh, so you're fine. So it was fine. It was fine. It was just upsetting. <laughs> but I was like, whatever, because they fixed my hood latch. So I was like, trade off. You take the radio that I don't want. That is my kind of crime right there. Fix my hood latch. <laughs> We're good. I don't care. I was gonna, I was gonna replace those parts anyway. Order the new parts. We're waiting for them to come in. And Thursday night, we we're talking about Fiddler on the Roof. And As one does. We hear like popping and we're like what what is it and then we go oh shit we run outside and somebody is in the accord that isn't us and ryan goes pounding on the window the guy flips him off ryan runs into the house grabs his bayonet chases the car onto university (laughs) this is just as good as the batman story Um, (laughs) for for ryan (laughs) (laughs) the audience Um, said did he reach for his taser yeah lost for the taser um but yeah chases him onto university but we're like you know what we messed around with the engine enough that if he tries to go any farther it's gonna blow up we'll find it yeah the firing order had been completely changed around the engine computer fuse had been pulled so the engine computer fuse actually controls uh, fuel delivery and also controls shift points for the automatic transmission. Okay. So it would only go into first and second gear. It was not going to go on the highway at all. So, and it's like backfiring. It sounds like a cannon. <laughs> cool. It doesn't have a cat on it. So yeah, straight, yeah. straight yeah. exhaust. And it's like two cylinders at a time firing into the exhaust. And so. it was 8.30 at night. The sun was still out. And yeah, you've got video of this too. Yeah. Um, so the police officer comes and I was like, my car was stolen again. And then he goes, again? And I go, yeah, I just got it back Monday morning. And they're like, was it parked here the whole time? And I go, yeah, it, it didn't have an exhaust. Um, I couldn't really drive it. And I had to go in early on Friday and I was on my way to work and I get a call from Ryan and he goes, I found the car. And I go, what? He goes, I, I found the car. You're not going to be happy. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I'm in the middle of circle time. <laughs> We're singing our calendar songs. We're on the unfortunate song for October about Christopher Columbus. Oh, no. Um, Happy National Genocide Day. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're... Gotta tell them about the blanket someday, but I, uh, my phone goes off like crazy and I'm like, oh God, I gotta check it. I look down and I see a picture of my Accord half painted, spray painted black and I just start crying. (laughs) 
The car is burgundy for the record. Yeah. So. Yes. so now it wasn't the right color. And I'm like rubbing the tears from my eyes. And one of my students goes, Jana, quit touching your eyes. You're going to get pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> the kid has got the real priority Real priority straight, straight. And I go, I'm... He's got, he's got the right priorities to get punted into that. <laughs> I was like... Hey, kick that kid out the window. You're right, girl. I'll stop touching my eyes. I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm a little sad right now. Somebody spray painted bad words on my car. And uh, the. Which we can't recite for you right now because we're in a public venue. Yeah. Um, it was an explicit and 12 on my hood. F12. Which mm-hmm. is. But not the Ferrari F12. No, bad no, kind no, of no. F12. Not the Ferrari F12. And um, it was. I, I'm surprised they didn't park it in front of the police station two blocks away. <laughs> Um, but you know, great spray painting F12 on a preschool teacher's You can't park car. in front of a police station? No, oh. Hamlin's blocked off. But oh, is that the one with the barricades yeah. all around it? Oh my God. Here, actually, um, one second. I, I do have something I want to add to this story, uh, because when I called the police, when I discovered it to go get cat food for my cat. Oh, Lucy, what a good yes. boy. Um... I found the car, called the police, the police arrive, and I'm like, yeah, I found my car. And then, how do you know it's yours? I'm like, it has the rust where the rust is. (laughs) It's my car. There's only so many Accord Coupes that have been stolen and are rusty in the correct location. And it had our license plate. Yeah, I'm like, it has my license plate. It's my car. Anyway, so I get there, and the police officer is like the officer from the Big Lebowski when the dude's car gets stolen. Oh, no. I'm like... Did they save the credence? (laughs) But, um... No, he saved a magic card, but he took the two N64 games that were out of it. it was oh, for- so this is what he left. But hang on one second. The cop sees the F12 and goes, did you write that there? I'm like, if I wrote that there, why would I be calling you? <laughs> ACAB, yeah. Why, yeah. Would, why would I write ACAB on my hood and then call the police? Like, no, of course I didn't do that. So I think... I think he did it because I was on the phone with the cops when he stole the car. And I was like, they're stealing my car again. And the operator's like, again? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't remember the license plate. But you, it, the case is just getting cleared. Right. Like, hasn't even cleared yet. Like, you can pull up the information. But yeah, I rifle. So I, Friday night, I get off work. And I go to its secret, new secret location. Um, I dump a bottle of nail polish on my hood and scrub off the explicitive because I'm like, I'm not not driving with that around on my car. I should have just gotten more cheap black spray paint and just finished it off. We thought about it, but I had a bottle of nail polish in my hand, so it was like... Polish or polish remover? Polish remover. Mm. I'm guessing they didn't do any prep work, so you might be able to just get away with acetone. (laughs) Yeah, it, it worked. It worked perfectly fine because they spray painted it in the rain which is great for the spray paint to cure and i was like all right i'm gonna see what they left and we had bought this car from a friend so it had a bunch of like our friend's stuff in it still that we just hadn't gone through because it was a winter beater we were just like we'll go through it later literally every trash it wasn't like anything important yeah uh, literally the only thing left was a spool of ribbon, a nail clipper, and a magic card. Yeah, which magic card? It was a magic card worth 90 cents. 
So I can't. Oh, one second. I can't remember what card it is, but it was a card that uh, gave all red cards uh, plus one attack if it was activated at the same time as their attack roll. But yeah, it was a very whatever card. So it wasn't a foiled Charizard. No, then. I don't like that Ryan can take my mic away from me. Um, <laughs> it was not a foiled Charizard. I'm really glad, though, because I do have very valuable Pokemon cards that I keep in the Fiat. No longer keep in the Fiat. Because I kept them Fiat's in the, safe. The, the glove compartment, and now I'm like, oh, well, no, because I mean, those are worth... Technically, you shouldn't keep anything of value in your car at any time. No, but. no. I, I've learned my lesson. I didn't even keep anything of value in it, but I'm glad that I didn't forget my Pokemon cards in there because I have a very, very sought-after Pikachu. See, at least when my car was stolen, I got a whole bunch of additional stuff yeah. in it when I got it back. It was, like, I worth know. the impound fee. At least you guys didn't have to pay no, impound fees. No, we didn't fees. have to pay impound That's fees, nice. which was really nice, but it was hard crying at work and not being able to tell my students my car was stolen because <laughs> they're like, why are you on your phone? Why are you going to get pink eye? <laughs> And I'm like, I know. <laughs> Leave me alone. The cops. <laughs> like the, the cops bring your car back. You're crying, touching your eyes. Oh, I can't touch your eye, ma'am. You're gonna get pink eye. Yeah, you're gonna get pink eye. <laughs> so it's like hard because like the parents are like, why is she crying? And I couldn't tell them. And they're just why? like, I don't. My director didn't want us. Like, yeah. yeah the same like I was like, uh, it's a stressful week. But yeah, on top of that, I was working. Is covering for two head teachers, so needless to say, great teacher appreciation week. Um, I'm going to hibernate for the next month and a half. Do you want to talk about? Did you want to talk about what we're going to be doing with the accord, or did you still want to think about what you're? Um, well, this is this is the plan so far. Um, obviously, I cannot own this car. Um, unfortunately, that has been. Uh, taken from me twice um so we're gonna buy it back and we're gonna try our best to cover up the paint <laughs> and sell it because it's a good car we have all the replacement parts i was gonna say it. ryan said you have the header and the mid pipe at least on the way so Kelly Conver converter arrived as i came here today i brought into the house so very nice if uh michelle wants to drive a car later she can drive a half black accord. Yes, my friend. That's the face of real temptation. Yeah, there. so <laughs> another reason why it was really important that we got the car back is my best friend from middle school flew out from North Carolina for her birthday, and we wanted like an extra car so she didn't have to deal with my dumpster of a van. She keeps asking me what that clicking noise is. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's just a CVX. So yeah, sure so I was fine. like, why couldn't they waited like three weeks? Um, I would have been fine with it, but no. No, no having a car <laughs> stolen from you is never actually fine. As it no, it's not, but like at this point, it's happened so many times, I'm just accustomed to it. I'm hoping to not get to time number two ever. Yeah. It's, oh it's such a personal thing. You wouldn't really is. think about it. Even like a, a dumpster beater. Like both of our $600 cars got stolen. Yeah. And like. <laughs> perfect bait car is my accord. Um, so booby trap it. So like, I guess there's Allegedly. laws. I mean, Mr. Yeah. Lawyer man can tell us, but like it's technically illegal to booby trap your car. But you know what? 
isn't illegal, keeping glitter in your air vents. It's just never use your blower motor. Yeah. I mean, I don't use my blower motor anyway. I got a sunroof. Uh, another one I was thinking about, uh, I, if I do get another Honda ever. Um, Which, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'll probably be doing this with the Civic. I may have a car alarm. Instead of having the car alarm go to an alarm mounted in the uh, engine bay, it's going to be a train horn under the seat. Because you can get train horns that are about 120 decibels, and they will fit under the seat. You're going to need an air compressor, but yeah, you can no, do no, it. No, no, they're, they're all electric. Train horns aren't electric. No, no, I've found it. It's a train horn, quote-unquote, style. It's for made to go on semi-trucks. But, um, yeah, it, it makes a train horn sound at about 120 decibels, and it's all electric. And, yes, those do fit under seats, and you can just plug it right into a car alarm. And instead of having it make a car alarm noise... It will make an extremely loud train horn noise in the car. Good. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah. And I've had, like, several friends being like, yeah, let's use your car as a bait car. But I'm like, I'm emotionally exhausted from this experience. I'd rather... Yeah, you can buy it and you can bait it yeah, in front of your I'm house. Yeah, I'm like, had you come to me after the first time, I would have been like, sure, go for it. But just, like... I mean, what I would tell my therapist if she wasn't ghosting me is... Well, that's, that's a great start. Yeah. <laughs> the worst part for me is the person saw us as people, and I had, like, sticky notes from my friends reminding me of, like, my nail appointment on Saturday and my hair appointment on this day. You know they have Google Calendar now, right? They do, but I have ADHD, so sticky notes that I see all the time work way better than google calendar alerts that i just swipe past Hmm. um but yeah so i got like all these sticky notes and just like saw me frantically like running at like what am i gonna do i'm five foot one and like 115 pounds and i was like ready to run after this car like i feel like if you see that and then vandalize it it's just a huge like i just do not care about people move yeah, you're trying to apply logic to a situation and a person that isn't using it. Yeah, but That's it was a just fool's like because he just broke literally everything you could, and after getting away so easy the first time, and it happening again in the next week, and then that person just blatant disregard for what like, and then ending up like. He must have given up if he wrote, you know, the explicits on the hood with, like, no intentions of... And clearly he had one can of paint, and he got yeah. a third of the way through the car and then really wanted to send it home. But now scripting. we're really good friends with the drug dealers on either side of our house. Yeah, actually, I'm not going to lie. Like, if you ever, like, pro tip to, like, living in, like, a questionable neighborhood is uh, always be friends with the people that work on the corner because... They know everything that's going on. So both the dudes, like, from each direction of my house, like, actually, I like, asked the dude, I'm like, hey, you were standing here all evening? He goes, yes, I was. I'm like, it doesn't matter what you're standing here for. Did you see this guy did this? He goes, yes, I did. I was wondering what he was doing. And I'm like, did, he, did you see what direction he came from? He goes, yeah, he came off of Snelling, and then he just walked away after a while. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, I thought he was going to go get some more spray paint. He just never came back. I'm like, oh, Okay. Very, very nice guy. Hmm. Yeah. He's, got a, he's got a W body Monte Carlo. Super of course cool he does. Dude. Yeah, super cool dude. The other guy on the other side of the street, um, he isn't helping me. He didn't see my car, but he, he had Get a... Get closer. 
the other guy on the other side of the street, he had just had a cool Camaro. And, but yeah, it's always be nice to everybody you see in your neighborhood because they'll they're they're going to be like your best asset if your car ever gets stolen because they'll they'll be there to help. So. I just use cameras. Well, I mean, cameras help, but I mean, like, also giant decals all over the car. Yeah. yeah, but of course we were trying to keep the car sort of nice looking. But oh I was well. on my way How to get decals. How dare you insult the unicorn? <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, that's a good ending, though. Yeah. <laughs> On that bombshell. Thanks, guys, for listening. Bye. <laughs>